You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 108. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures mate for life. But isn't that like cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast, dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. Hello, hello, everybody. And so, folks, listen, tonight we're going to be talking about what it takes to open up a relationship. So either to open up a relationship that's monogamous or to take a relationship that is, let's say, maybe it's been like sexually open, maybe you've been swinging, and to convert that to polyamorous. What do you think it takes to open up a relationship, all right? And this is, a, this is a topic a lot of people need, so we're gonna dive in here in just a second. Anything else before we hop in, Cass? Nope. Awesome, so listen, folks, and this is what I wanted to talk about tonight. So a lot of times we run into things in our relationships that seem like there are these kind of like staunch, huge incompatibilities. And maybe that's having a kid or it's moving. I want to move to California and you don't, and you're dead set against it. And I need that to be fulfilled in life. Right. And, or sometimes it's, it's, it seems like an even bigger incompatibility. Right. And sometimes like what we're talking about tonight, right. Which is transitioning a relationship to poly and whether that's Again, opening up a relationship that's been monogamous, that you got into as a monogamous relationship, that's been monogamous maybe for years, and now you're looking to open up, right? Or whether that's taking a relationship that's been, like I said before, has been sexually open and transitioning that to poly. And as we'll get into, there's a lot more similarities there in a lot of ways than there are differences, right? So these things seem like really big compatibilities. And yet, like I said, when we're talking about transitioning a relationship to open, this is something that we see and we run into all the time. And you probably heard us talk about it before, right? But like a third of the people we work with are in this kind of transition. And so I've been sitting here recently because I've been having a lot of conversations with folks who are in this, this point of transition in their relationships, right? They're, they're looking to open their relationship up and maybe somebody wants to open it up. Maybe both people do. A lot of times it's one person wants to open it up and the other person isn't thrilled. I've really been thinking a lot lately in these conversations I've been having with people about what does it really take? Does it really, really take to open up a relationship? And I've realized something because I've really had this, this big realization in cast I've been talking about what really lies underneath because the thing is a lot of times when we, we, we say, what does it take? People focus on the how, 
right? We like to immediately focus on that how, like, so like it takes compassion or it takes care. It takes flexibility. We just had a great comment, takes two open-minded individuals that have truly worked on their own relationship issues. And it does, it does take all of those things. And we've talked about this, this how quite a bit before. We have a really, really popular live called I'm Polly, they're mono, WTF do I do? And we'll link that in the comments or, or uh, in the description later. But there, there's something that I realize in these conversations that, that runs deeper, that's even comes before all of that. It comes before all of that how. And it's really what determines when you're in the situation where you've been in a relationship long-term and you're thinking about opening it up, if you make any movement period or you do what so many people do and you just sit still and you stay stuck right and so we are going to jump right into that and go into exactly what that underneath is what that thing is that matters more than any of the how what that thing is that'll keep you from getting stuck and it'll determine if you actually make progress or if you you're just in this process of opening up a relationship for a long time. Okay. Folks, for the sake of this conversation, when I say opening up, I'm going to be talking about opening up a relationship, or like I said before, that transition from just open to polyamorous, because this is actually, it's the exact same set of issues when it comes to what we're talking about tonight. This is what happens. We're in a relationship and this relationship's chugging along the way that it's been chugging along for however long, years maybe, and somebody realizes that they have this big unmet need. They realize, I'm not monogamous. And a couple things will happen at this point. Sometimes they'll bring it up and stuff just blows up. Lots of people have been in the spot, right, where they decide they're not monogamous, right, and they bring it up to their partner, and there's this huge blow up turns into a huge fight. Maybe people start talking about breaking up. Maybe they start talking about not being compatible anymore, whatever the case, right? That's, that's really common. Or sometimes they sit on it. And a lot of times they sit on it before they bring it up, right? And they'll have this need and they'll have something that they've realized. I realize like I'm just not a monogamous person or I realize that I've fallen for this other person, right? You know, in my life, like this other person that I know or we, I, we were, it was just supposed to be sex and I fell for this other sexual partner, right? And with that, like there's this spot of, okay, so people wind up sitting on that for, for a long time, sometimes for years, right? And then they bring it up. Maybe they don't. And other times they just try and shove it down themselves, right? And they ignore it and they say, hey, this isn't that important. I'm just going to shove it down, right? It's not something I should need or something I don't need. And they shove it down there, right? And then... You want to take this part? Sure. I mean, well, no, you, you finish this. I'm going to talk about the, the next thing. Okay. So, but what we see a lot, what it looks like is it looks like never making any progress. So maybe we sat on it, maybe not. Maybe we bring it up and it's blown up. Maybe not, but whatever the case, however we get to this point, we get to this point where I've now brought up to you that I'm non-monogamous and we sit on this. 
maybe we're nominally talking about it. Maybe we're, we're supposedly working towards it. But what really happens is years go by and nothing significant's changed. Like, or there's just like the tiniest little bit of movement. Like we've been talking about this for four years and now I can kiss somebody, right? So, so many people wind up in the spot of this like permanent stuckness. Yeah, I was going to say, I've talked to folks where it's like, we brought up non-monogamy five years ago and now I am finally able to look at other women. Like, and so it's, it's all this time goes on and on and on. And it's one of those things where it takes a very long time for even the tiniest thing to happen. But more importantly, it's what kind of what the consequences of this is, like what it does to your relationship. Things go on and on for months or years. And there's this feeling of just kind of staying stuck with no movement at all. Your relationship kind of just stays in this place where you are just kind of feeling like you're going through the motions and you're holding that stuff back, right? You're holding back this uh, important thing in your relationship and really just not being happy with your partner. For a lot of folks, it's, it's shoving things down and feeling guilty about having these things that you're holding back or going without what you need. So you end up going these months or years or however long, and what unavoidably happens is you end up building resentment towards your partner, right? Um, We can only go so long not talking about what we need, not talking about what we want before we're resentful. And that's just talking about it, not getting it. We definitely get resentful. Yeah. And and this is kind of the typical course of this, right, by the way, which is, uh, like if I if I've seen a typical course, which I have, and I'm interested to see, it's probably the same for you. But it's it's usually actually a combination of these things. It starts off with I realize this comes up and I push it down. Like this is wrong. I shouldn't want this. This isn't right. This isn't socially acceptable. This isn't morally right. Right. Then it gets to okay. Well, I want it, but my partner's never agreed to it, so I sit on it and sit on it and sit on it. Then it's I finally can't sit on it anymore, and I bring it up to my partner, and it blows up, and then. Usually we wind up in this cycle of it blows up, it blows up, it blows up. And okay, now we're, we're, we're supposedly talking about it and supposedly working on it, but really no progress is being made. And you find yourself sitting there going, wait, how long have we been working on this again? And how long? And it's not uncommon for me to talk to people and be like, so how long has it been since you two have really made any progress on these agreements? Or like, oh, a couple of years. And Cassie's absolutely right, which is, Resentment, and we all we all look at resentment as a dirty word, I think, and it's really it's not. It's it, resentment is just kind of the unavoidable end product of not getting your needs met for a period of time. So that resentment, when when somebody is shoving it down, or they are talking about it, but it's not happening, that resentment does build, and eventually one of three things happens to kind of break this status quo. Because it isn't sustainable forever of this, this not getting what you need and just being working on it forever, right? Either sometimes the, 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 the non-monogamous person breaks trust. They go out and they break trust. They do something they're not supposed to do. They do something outside of their agreements, right? Which, let's just be clear, is unacceptable. You should never do that. Right. But that's one thing that does happen. The second thing that happens is something finally blows up. 
one day it's it's sitting and oh we're working and oh we're working on it and we're we're working on it and we're working on it and one day finally the poly person can't take it anymore and things just explode right and the third thing go ahead. it usually looks like something like okay we've been working on it or we've been working on it f you to heck with you i'm doing what i want and that's how that goes right just just wanted to kind of give the image the third thing that happens is Sometimes none of that happens, and it just kind of slowly poisons the relationship. You have this big unresolved issue, this big looming incompatibility, which is a problem enough, and then you have somebody who's not getting their needs met, and not getting their needs met, not getting their needs met, and that resentment does build, and that relationship slowly goes downhill. And there's a lot of reasons it goes downhill beyond just that, and I'm not going to dive into it because it's I could. Whether it's your feelings because you're never really dealing with them about the monogamy and you you have all these beliefs that like me wanting to be a monogamous means horrible things about our relationships, whether it's my resentment, whether it's our constant back and forth on this issue and never getting anywhere, it slowly damages the relationship over time. All right. So that, those are the three ways this kind of ends. So I, I think that, uh, and Cassie, I'm going to let you start with these, but I think that there is a couple of, there's a couple of like, Things that people believe, sometimes not even consciously, sometimes in the back of their mind, that wind up leading to people being stuck like this and never making any progress. I think one of the big ones is that it will just disappear. Like, it'll go away. If And this is usually the partner who is reluctant to open up, right? If I avoid it or I play this 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 kind of moving target game, it'll just go away. It'll start to disappear. And my partner will just figure out that they're happy not doing this, or it'll stop being a topic of conversation. But it can also be the partner who wants to do it, right? It can be the partner who maybe they are non-monogamous. And maybe if I, maybe if I just don't think about it, or maybe if I, if I just keep telling myself I'm going to be okay, it'll go away. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. Like, like first off, I think for the one partner, like, okay, let's let's go with a non-monogamous partner or like the I'm swinging, but I don't believe in polyamory partner. You have to understand that a lot of times they're approaching this from a place of they have, they really don't believe that this is a real need. They have years and years and years of beliefs that this is the only acceptable way to do it, that other things aren't valid, that other things are cheating, that other things say awful things about your relationships, Right. So a lot of times they're like, if I just drag this out long enough, it'll go away or something else I've seen a lot. Or if I just like fix this sexual problem in our relationship, I just fix our, my ED or I just last longer in bed or we just stop arguing or uh, a lot of times it's sex, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's things like if we just spend more time together. We yeah. just start doing date nights again. Yeah, we, we can we can just start going to the movies again and things will be all right. And they think that that is going to suddenly shift what their partner's needs or wants are. So do we want to move on to the next thing? I want to throw one more thing in here. So along with this, sometimes what I see is the monogamous person, or sorry, the non-monogamous person is really optimistic about shoving this need down. So sometimes the the non-monogamous person has a belief that this need will go away. And sometimes they have this like super optimistic belief about this, even when all the evidence is stacked against this. So like, you know, and these are things that we hear pretty regularly from people. It's like, oh, I felt like this my whole life, 
or I felt like this for years, right? Or I felt like this even when my relationship was great, or I've had, I hear this a lot of times. And again, I'm not, just to be clear, not at all condoning cheating, right? I've never been able to be monogamous with any of my partners, like even when I was supposed to be monogamous. And so they have all, all this, this pretty clear evidence that monogamy is not going to work for them, but they still have this thing in the back of their mind. Like, Oh, I, I can just, if I just shove this down long enough and hard enough, it'll go away. So that's, that's one kind of false belief that winds up leading to this, this inability to move forward in opening a relationship. Okay. Yes, Cassie. Now let's move on to the next one. I wanted to throw that out though. The next one I think is one of these things that I'm just going to take a, take a moment and say, particularly for a lot of us, right? We, we see this in movies. We see it. It's things that our grandparents tell us. It's, it's, it's really good for you to like make these sacrifices for the people you love. Like all of us hear that. I think I saw it somewhere in the chat box and I was like, oh no, we talk about these sacrifices and yes, we all have to make some sacrifices in our relationship, but it's this idea that we have to forsake our happiness for the sake of someone else's, right? Or for the sake of the relationship to stay together. And here's the thing. We, we talk about relationships being like the most important things in our lives. Like that is, that is one of our mottos, right? But the driving force in your relationship should not be giving up your happiness and causing you hurt and distress and unhappiness to keep your relationship going. Because you need to be happy in your own relationships. Like if you're not, they fall apart. And it's not selfishness or being bad. It's you taking care of that. Right. So here's the thing. You have to get to a point like, and this is this is something that I'm I'm always kind of, you have to understand the difference here between the different levels of need. So for some people, non-monogamy is something where if it would be fun, like it would be, it's, it's really fun to go out to a party and screw somebody else, right? And it's fun, but I can do without it. That's fine, right? But for other people, non-monogamy is a part of who they are. And if you're somebody for who this is, this is fun and this it's not a big driver for your happiness to be non-monogamous and it's causing your partner serious distress and you want to decide to forsake your fun for the sake of the relationship, that's fine, right? But if this is something that you need to be happy and fulfilled, it does need to be addressed because it will come up. It will wind up showing up in one of those ways we talked about before. I, I firmly have this belief that the people in the relationship always have to be more important than the relationship, right? And, and when we're talking about this, don't get me wrong. Like we firmly believe our relationships are the most important things in our lives, right? And usually the answer is it's not about it being more important than the relationship because the relationship doesn't need to end for everybody to be happy, but it needs to be the people in the relationship and their well-being need to be more important than the relationship not changing in any way. And we'll talk about that a little more later, right? If those are kind of like the things that stand in people's way of opening up a relationship, let's talk about kind of the, the truths that you need to realize here and then how you actually, what, what it actually takes to make that movement. So number one. Well, it's not going away. You just covered that. Like we, we just talked about how these, these are things that for a lot of people is, is part of who they are, right? It's, it's what makes them who they are. And if you don't decide to do it, you're going to end up being unhappy. It's not just going to be something that's going to disappear and suddenly you're going to be fine with not moving forward. 
And this is a real need. And and I know that this can be I know this can be pretty hard for people to accept, especially if you've been raised like most of really all of us until we're exposed to non-monogamy, right? Very few of us are raised in environments where non-monogamy is like an acceptable thing. So most of us grow up with this starting belief that non-monogamy is not okay, that the right thing is two people and that anything more than that is something, not is it just not a valid need, but it's, it's wrong. But you got to ask yourself, if your partner's been telling you, first off, do you, like, do you trust your partner? Like, do you trust your partner to be an adult and to know what they really need? Number one. And number two, like if they've been telling you this is what they really need and that this is making them unhappy, how long do they have to do that before you believe them? Right. And for those of you who you may be polyamorous yourself, that you may be the one who's discovered that and you may be wondering if this is real and valid. The answer is absolutely yes. There are so many of us who we identify as polyamorous, who that is a part of who we are. Right. We view that as a part of our identity. And we probably wouldn't be able to be in a relationship or be at least to be happy and fulfilled in a relationship where we weren't able to express that part of ourselves in some way. Okay. This is the second thing that's important. So number one is to realize that this is real and it's not going away. And the second part, and this is where we really move into what differentiates the people that stay stuck from the, for years, from the people who actually start moving forward and succeeding in changing and transitioning their relationship, which is you have to actually make a decision. It doesn't matter if all your choices suck. It doesn't matter if you may not be compatible. It doesn't matter if you are monogamous and have no interest in being non-monogamous and have no interest in your partner not being monogamous, right? But if this is a point where somebody can only be happy and healthy in this relationship by expressing that part of themselves, you at that point have to make a decision. And there's, there's only really, there's really four choices. The first choice is to not make the decision and to just keep going until one of those, those kinds of blowups that we talked about earlier happens. One of those consequences earlier happens and life makes that decision for you. And that really should not be an option. This should be whatever the decision is. It's something that's important to make intentionally. And then once you view that, there's really only three options left. You have the option of breakup, which should not be your go-to, right? You have the option for the person who is polyamorous to shove those feelings down, assuming this is something that's a serious need for them, and to shove those down and try not to express those and see how it goes with the understanding that yeah, this probably is going to end up with people being hurt and and some of those things we talked about earlier. Or you can choose to try and navigate through this with the understanding that you don't know exactly what that's going to look like, right? But that you're going to make a decision, try and navigate a place where you both can work together. Anything that you want to add into that? Just the fact that you mentioned being intentional. And when I talk to folks, one of the things that unfortunately happens is because we're not intentional, right? We're not intentionally making those decisions. One of those things happens for us where we, we find ourselves at a point where we're just not together anymore, right? And a lot of times it goes something like this, like, I don't know how we got here. And it was because we never actually 
made the decision of we're going to work on things. We're going to try these things. We're going to do something about it. So folks, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for you here in case you haven't picked up on this. The thing that separates the people who are able to navigate one of these transitions from the people who aren't is very simple. It's making that decision. That's it. That's the base thing. All those other things, all those other parts that come in, the compassion and the knowledge and negotiating and all those other things that you need, those can't come until you've actually made the decision to approach this and try and navigate this in an intentional way, right? So what does that process like actually look like in making that decision? I'm just going to real quick. And, and number one, the poly person needs to understand how important this is to them, right? Because when I was talking earlier about, well, if this is just fun and it's like causing this huge strain on your relationship, maybe you don't do it. So the first step is for the, the non-monogamous or the poly person to figure out how important this is to them. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Like what questions people can ask themselves? Sure. Things you might want to ask yourself is like, how long have I been struggling with this? Is this something where I was like, this seems fun because I saw something on TV last week or have I been spending the last like 10 years like regretting that I've never had this opportunity, right? Is this something I am eventually going to leave my partner over? Like, is this something that if I don't get this need or want met, I'm, I'm eventually going to leave, right? That should be a no brainer. If that's a question that's coming up for you, right? You, you really want to take a look at that. Even if I decided that I would stay, am I going to be unhappy and resentful towards my partner going forward? And I'll throw a couple more in here. I'm just off the top of my head in here and feel free to throw in anything off the top of your head. But am I worried I'm going to cheat? Like I said, we run across this a lot with people who are like, I'm worried that if this doesn't change, I'm going to wind up cheating, right? A couple other things like, is this something where, you know, we, we had talked about like being unhappy or getting resentful, right? And another way to look at this, because sometimes people don't, they don't view themselves as getting unhappy, but they view this as I'm never going to be as happy or as fulfilled or as much of a person as I want to be, right? So that's another question you can ask yourself. The, the two other ones that I wanted to, to throw in here is, am I losing a part of who I am, a part of my identity, right? Because there are people who are like, I am non-monogamous. And are you going to be losing a part of who you are by giving this thing up? For some folks, it is as, as much of an identity as being like, I am a Christian or I am X, Y, and Z. Like, this is a big thing. Are you giving that up? And the, and the other thing that I wanted to throw in is, is this something that is going to make me not a good partner to my partner? And the reason why I want to separate that from the resentment or the anger, because a lot of times there's these nuances that we have where we're like, we're not resentful. I just don't want to be around you anymore. I'm not this. I'm not that. Is this something that's going to make you show up in your relationships as not the person you want to be? And folks, once you've figured that out, there is one more thing that has to happen before you can make this decision to move forward. And this is where so many people get stuck. Are you ready? Okay. One of the partners needs to care enough about the polyamorous person's happiness to be willing to rock the boat. And sometimes, a lot of times, most of the time, when people get hung up and stuck 
and they can't make that decision. Sometimes they just don't realize that they need to make a decision. But the other thing that that really went, really does keep people from making that decision is this piece. Because here's the thing. If I'm the monogamous person in this relationship, and I'm pretty happy with this non-monogamy thing, and you're not, there's only two ways in which I'm going to finally be willing to make the decision to, to make big changes in our relationship, to turn my worldview upside down, to start doing things different in order to, to make that decision to move forward intentionally. Either I need to care so much about your happiness that I'm willing to rock that boat. And, and sometimes it's the case. A lot of times I've talked to plenty of couples where the, the, the polyamorous person is like, you know, I think I'll be resentful, but I'm willing to shove that down. And the other part is like, look, I'm not like whether it's just because I care about your happiness so much or because I know that you not being able to explore that is going to poison this relationship and that you not being happy is going to poison this relationship. I'm not okay with it. We actually have a testimonial from M on our website with her partner, Alberto. And that was their case. He was non-monogamous and he was like, I'll just not be. And she was like, I am not willing to sit here and see you be unhappy. I know this isn't working. So that does happen occasionally. Yeah. And, but if I'm not right, or if, if, and I don't even want to say that I don't care, but I'm just too scared. My fear outweighs that. Then you have to, she has to care enough about her own happiness to rock the boat because otherwise if one of those two things isn't present, I'm going to stay in my comfort zone. I don't have a lot of incentive to move off this, especially if I think that if I just time this out long enough and sit on this long enough, that this will go away because this isn't a real valid need, right? So one of those two things has to be the case or folks just never will make that decision. So I want to throw that out there. And then, like I said, and then you have to actually make the decision. What are you doing? Are you letting life decide this for you? Are you waiting until like whatever happens, happens? Are you choosing to break up or are you choosing to intentionally move forward and try and find a way that everybody in the relationship can be happy, can be healthy? Because the truth of the matter is, most of the time, that is an option, but it takes being willing to step out of that fear and step out of all of those things that we talked about that keep people stuck in this oh, we're, we're working on it, we're negotiating, we're talking about it for years with no changes, right? And, and struggling with what they're struggling with and actually getting to the point of making progress in that direction of finding whatever that setup of this relationship is where we can both be happy and both be fulfilled and both be in love and both get our needs met, right? And the, the great thing about this is like once you've taken those steps – you, you do get to make this choice instead of life just happening to you because not making a choice is making that choice. So even if you don't realize you have that choice, if you just sit on this long enough, eventually life is going to make some kind of decision for you. Yeah. So that's why you want to make sure that you're the one making the, the, the decision, right? And the thing is, is that there's a huge benefit to this. You get to be the one who decides to change your relationship. Once that decision is made, you can work on things. If you don't know how, if you don't know what to do, if you are scared, you can seek help. You can seek guidance. You can do something about it. Anytime there's serious challenges in our relationship, it can be a very scary thing. But once we make the decision to work on it, we have a path going forward. 
right? We at least know that we are working to figure it out. Yeah. And folks, and so once you made that decision, I want to throw out, so that, that first off, I want you to understand that is the thing. That is what it takes to open the relationship, right? That is kind of the main gist here. It takes making that decision. That is the thing that will, will make that difference between you being stuck for years to actually moving and finding a relationship that works for everybody. That one thing, that making that decision. And all that other stuff, even all the other stuff that we've talked about with what it takes to do a polyamorous relationship. And like I said, I will link that video in here. That comes after because until you made the decision, nothing else will change, right? But I do want to throw one other thing out here. Uh, and this does get back to the like, not what it takes to do anything, but what it takes to do stuff successfully. One big difference I've seen once folks do start moving between the people who do this and it works out well and the people who continue to struggle or have big blowups after they made that decision to start moving forward is the people who do well seek help because they realize this isn't easy and this is something that i i think i think so many people go into non-monogamy expecting non-monogamy easy and i don't think i know that i don't know why though. It's something I, I still, after all this time, haven't quite sorted out. I think some of it falls into just this category in general that we have of thinking our relationship should be easy, right? I, I don't know. Genu I'm genuinely actually kind of stumped for this tendency that we all have, including us when we started this, I think, to think that, uh, that this is going to be easy. Maybe the other part of this is that we all know people, like if you're involved in, in the polyamorous spaces, we all know people who made this transition on their own right? Because especially until recently, there wasn't a lot of help for people making the transition. But the, the real truth of that is that for all the people who have made this transition on their own, there's far more who have not. And I know because I talk to these people all the time. And it's unfortunate because a lot of folks end up kind of falling flat on their face. It's this idea and it's, it's that good intention. We're, we're going to do this and we're going to go. And then it's just going to work out. Now that we've made the decision, it's all just going to fall into place, right? We decided we're non-monogamous. Now we're non-monogamous and everything's just going to just fall into place. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head, actually. And that's, that's I'm going to go back to this. You hit the nail on the head. And that, that's actually why I wanted to bring this up. Because we do talk to so many people who they've been stuck. They've been in the space. They've been struggling. They finally make the decision. And they're like, oh, the decision's made. We're solid now. But, but the truth is nothing about transitioning a relationship is like this is easy right? Somebody already mentioned in the comments earlier, your relationship needs to be strong. And that's something right off the gate. And a lot of people go into building other relationships and exploring that without their own relationship on point, right? And that's a recipe for disaster. That's where like those horror stories that like monogamous people tell, like I knew so-and-so and they became non-monogamous and, and they then, got like divorced. a month later they were divorced, right? That's where that came from, right? It's because we were already sucking in our relationship. We opened it up. And then you know, that NRE and the new challenges and the struggles and we don't have the skills so we're arguing. It magnifies all the problems already here. So nothing about this is easy. Like your relationship needs to be strong, but it's not just about your relationship needing to be strong. When, when you're talking about taking a relationship and moving it to a polyamorous one, you need an entirely new skill set that you have never needed to have. Like there are way, new ways you need to be able to communicate. There are new discussions you need to be able to have. There are new challenges that are going to come up. Like there are so many 
new skills that you need to learn. These are skills that you've never needed in your entire 15, 20, 30, 40 years of dating. And it's not just that. Like, you need to change a lifetime of beliefs and habits that you have, right? Like, the way that we've been communicating for the last 20 years and all the habits and routines we've gotten into, even if they work for us, that doesn't mean that they're going to serve another relationship or changing this relationship. The lifetime of beliefs I have about how relationships should be handled, whether that's that they should be monogamous or you shouldn't fall in love with the other people you're sleeping with or whatever. Like I've got these things that I've built up over the last 30 years that now have to change all of a sudden. That's not easy. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm passionate about this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and, and those beliefs, they, they're, they run the gamut to what is romantic in my relationship to like what it means to be a partner. And the thing is, is swingers aren't exempt from this. You know, when we, when we started this discussion, we said that it's opening up from people who are monogamous to non-monogamous or even people who have been non-monogamous to polyamorous, right? Because if you're transitioning that way, Going back to the statement of like, we're not supposed to fall in love with people that we sleep with. There still is that idea of there's only one true person that you can love. There's that only the one. You can fuck a bunch of people, but there's only one true love, right? There's only the one true love or relationships. There's always got to be someone who is your person. And these are things that we've built up over years and years and years, not just in our dating lives. Like you said, 10, 15 years. This is our whole life down to like watching Disney movies when we're four, right? Like this has been built up and we have to move past those things. Yeah, I, I, I do want this is this is another spot, right? And this is something that, that we've learned. We've worked with a lot of people who are making that transition from non-monogamous to monogamous. Like I said, I, I think I think we actually probably. I don't think we help more people through that process than anybody else that I'm aware of. And I'm aware of a lot of people, right? <laughs> But we also do deal with a number of people who have been in the swinger without, yeah, I was going to say swinging, but without labeling it, the like, we have sex with other people we don't fall in love, right? Who somebody falls in love or somebody decides that maybe they don't just fall in love right off the bat, but they decide that I want more than this. They decide that they want attachment. Yeah. I want attachment, right? It's, I don't want to say funny. Funny isn't the right word, but I kind of thought way back when we started helping people. And I think a lot of people who are in that space think, oh, it's going to be easier for us, right? Because we're, we already have like, we're already open. We're already like, I'm already okay with my partner having sex with people. And I got to tell you, people who are already open, they face less challenges in some areas, like mainly around like sex, sex, and more challenges than others. Like in some ways, it's one of those things where when you're teaching somebody a skill, you would almost rather them like not have learned anything before about it because it's not applicable now and they, you have to break them out of the old habits. So this is just as applicable for people who are that, – that, that transition – I say this all the time when I'm talking to people who are in that. That transition from being in a relationship where, oh, we just have sex with other people and now somebody wants more is just as difficult – as that transition from we're non-monogamous or sorry, we're monogamous and we're, we're, we're getting to non-monogamous, right? So here's the thing. Like, 
I want, and if this is what I want you to take away, if you could take away one thing from this, right? Because like I said, the, the, the question that we really went into this is what does it take to open a relationship? Not the tactics, not like the qualities, like the, the, the personality qualities, like what does it actually take and what it takes? And I'm going to say this again, the, the only thing that separates the people who navigate that transition or who start making progress on that transition, I'll say it that way, versus the people who sit for years and years and years and feel unfulfilled and build up anger and keep going back and forth and never make any progress is that one thing. It is making the decision. And until it's important enough to somebody in that relationship to make the decision, you will stay stuck. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. Okay? So it's the decision. And then, like I said, that's the main thing. But after you make the decision, it's a big shift. And most people need help through it to do it successfully. I, I, I wasn't going to throw that in initially, but like I almost felt like it would be irresponsible not to. So it's the decision. And here's what I'd say to you. If you are in a place where... You need help. And whether it is help making that decision in your relationship, making that decision of do we break up, do we try and quash this down, or do we move forward intentionally and how do we start doing that, right? So whether it's help with that or it's you're moving forward and you need help with the actual process of getting all those skills that you have not needed in your dating life in the last 30, 40, 50 years and now you need because you're shifting the entire way you do relationships. We are 100% here for you, right? We help a lot of people in the same situation. Schedule a call, talk to one of us, and you know we can talk you through. And, and helping people make decisions when you're talking about coaching, one of the things that just just the coaching approach, the biggest thing that coaches do is to help people make powerful decisions. And there are a lot of people who... We've had to help through this decision of what to do here, right? Who have gone on to make a lot of progress, create amazing relationships. So like I said, whether it's needing help with that decision or it's just needing help with like you're moving forward with transitioning your relationship, whether it's from mono to poly or it's from swinging to polyamorous, we've seen it. We've dealt with it. We helped a lot of people through it. We're happy to talk with you and try and figure out what you need. Okay. So you can go to a touch of forward slash talk, set up a call, calls free. We'll talk you through and we'll, like I said, we'll work through that decision if that's something you need. Right. And we can talk about where to go from there. Okay. So I'm just going to peek through comments folks and see what we got. So Rudy, Rudy, you had a, a bunch of stuff here about like a bunch of really, really good comments here like brutal honesty and communication, boundaries, consent, like this is stuff that you need. That's all really, really good. Like those are all amazing. There is one thing though that I do want to point out, which is where you say that you need zero jealousy. That's what it takes over a relationship. And that's not true. Most people who are first opening up a relationship are going to have jealousy. Even most experienced poly people experience jealousy Sometimes we get the feels, right? Which is jealousy <laughs> mm -hmm. without, without doing yes. a whole thing on jealousy, which is jealousy. So yeah. I, and I just want to point that out because I don't want people thinking, and I think, I think that's something a lot of people think and a lot of people are told, which is, well, if I'm jealous, 
And if I'm feeling jealousy, experiencing jealousy, non-monogamy isn't for me. And if that was the case, there would be almost nobody who was non-monogamous, right? So I wanted to point that out. Carissa, I'm hoping I'm getting your name right, but if you don't know how to communicate in a monogamous relationship, you won't be able to evolve and communicate in a poly relationship. That is absolutely true. You develop a whole new level of awareness when you shift your relationships. Yes, (laughs) also true. Yeah, this is actually really good. So this isn't a question, but I want to point this out. They also need to figure out if they're truly monogamous or if they're just monogamous because of what they were taught and social norms. Yes. You want to tell people our theory on this? You can start. I'll I'll tag right. in. Our theory on this is this. I, and I think a lot of people, and this is one spot, and this is one reason I think that we're actually so successful. Sometimes when we're we're talking to couples and one person is monogamous, because I think some people have this thought that like, oh, like you're the polyamorous coaches, like that's what you do, like that's what you do, like you 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 must push polyamory. And the fact of the matter is, we push whatever works for people. For some people, that's polyamory. For some people, that's monogamy, right? Where I think the challenge comes in, Chris, is exactly what you're saying, which is so many people who monogamy isn't the best fit for, they're doing monogamy because that's what they were taught and that's the social norm. Yeah. Like when I, when I talk to folks about this, we, we have various different kinds of clients. Josh mentioned that we are the people who work with polymono couples. Like that is, that is, we work with more polymono couples than I think anybody else, or I know than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that when I'm talking to these folks, the conversations that I had, and I'm going to tell you exactly the same thing I tell them, which is the truth. Our clients come in being intentional, right? They come in saying, I want to work on our relationship and figure this out. And out of those folks, some of them walk away and go, monogamy is a better fit for us. It's not a large percentage, but we've actually had folks who we've worked with. And at the end of the day, they were like, after we've done all this work and after we've looked at everything, that's not actually really what I was looking for. That's happened before. Our relationship's great now, but I don't think we're poly. Yeah, I don't There's think a couple of testimonials like that on our page. Yep. Well, I don't think we're poly. I don't think this was actually what we needed, but our relationship is fantastic now because we took the time to actually do it. We're no longer having these arguments about it. We're no, no longer questioning each other's you know, commitment. We've worked on us. We figured it out. We were intentional about it, right? We've had other folks who have gone through and it's, I'm monogamous and you're the non-monogamous one. And guess what? Now I'm non-monogamous. I figured out, boom, this was something that I needed or wanted, right? Or something I even just wanted to explore. And then we have other folks where it ends up being what it is, which is one person's monogamous and the other person's polyamorous. The thing is, is we don't push anybody into any kind of relationship structure that they don't want to be in. It's about figuring it out. And it's about making that decision of we're going to, we're going to try this. We're going to work on us. We're going to figure out what we're doing. We're going to do it. Right. And being very intentional about that decision. And it's about making that decision from a place of choice and a place of negotiation and a place of what actually works for and serves the needs of the people in the relationship instead of from social norms. And I'm just going to leave you folks with, with an inspiring piece of wisdom here for people who might be like on the fence with this and struggling and scared of the decision from one of our fabulous clients here who's going to block our faces off, but I don't care. It's worth <laughs> it. 
My husband and I talked about this for eight years before it happened. Then it happened and the decision happened. And oh my God, the beauty of life after we have both accepted this is who we are. We are much stronger together and fulfilled as well as individually. Was it scary? Yes. But the decision to try was so worth it. And this is what I can tell all of you, right? It is scary, right? And, and it's scary because you don't know exactly what this is going to look like at the end of the process. We don't know. When we're, we're working with people in this situation, we don't know exactly how things are going to wind up falling as to what works best for them at the end of doing the work. Yeah. I like to tell our clients this all the time. I'm not attached to any particular outcome. The only outcome I'm attached to is our clients having healthy, happy, and thriving relationships together. But what I can tell you, and this is why I wanted to end with Elizabeth's note, is this. As scary as it is, the fact of the matter is making that decision to try and figure out what works for your relationship and making that intentionally instead of just letting life happen to you and life make that decision for you and your relationship goes wherever it goes is always at the end of the day, the better, more rewarding choice. So I'll leave you with that, folks. Like I said, if you need help making that decision or you just need help navigating that transition, a touchofflavor.com forward slash talk. All right. We have super enjoyed having y'all here tonight. And we will talk to you all again soon. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. 